Today's scripture comes from Luke 4, 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where, for 40 days, he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, then turn this rock here into a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live on bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him up on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so you do not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed him. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Thanks, Owen, for reading that. That dramatic story. You read it very well. It's it's an important story. Has anybody told you today that you're the beloved of God? You are. I dream of the day where you will say, yeah, we've been told. <laughs> that maybe it's through one another that you live with, or maybe it's when you greet one another in church before you even get into the sanctuary. You'll remind each other of who we really are. Beloved sons, beloved daughters of God. This season of Lent, it's especially important for us to hang on to that voice that spoke to Jesus at his baptism as he hung on to that voice for 40 days in the wilderness, and for us, too, to hang on to that voice which reminds us of our true identity, beloved sons, beloved daughters of the living God. For some of my um, early years of being a Christian, I used to believe that everything in the Bible was the Word of God. And I thank God for good teachers and good pastors and people who were more mature in the faith than I was who shared with me that Not every word in the Bible is the word of God. Case in point, today's scripture, whether you believe in the devil as a personal entity or as a being or however you believe that, the devil is speaking in today's scripture. And it's not the word of God. Although, the devil seems to be quoting scripture. I guess that's important too, that anybody can quote scripture. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's the word of God. Martin Luther, one of the great uh, theologians of, of Christianity and Christian history, 
and a scholar of the scriptures. He translated the New Testament from Latin into German. He wanted to bring the word of God into the, the people's hands in Germany. And so he translated the New Testament, poured over every word, every nuance, and did his best to translate the New Testament into German. He was asked about how much of this is really the Word of God. He said, well, the New Testament is kind of like the manger in which the baby Jesus was laid. In the manger is the truth of Jesus the Christ, but there's also a good bit of hay. Some of my teachers of Scripture said, Everything in the Bible is true. Some of it really happened. You see what, what we're getting at with that? It's all true. It all points to a deeper truth. It all points to God's deep desire to be in relationship with all human beings and all of creation. But the early church understood not to read the Scriptures literally, but to look for the truth in them that would point them to a deeper relationship of love with God, with neighbor, and with the creation. We United Methodists have inherited a great tradition called the Wesley Quadrilateral, which helps us to interpret Scripture in community. We need each other. It's risky business to interpret Scripture on one's own in isolation. We need one another in the Christian community. We need prayer to understand Scripture. But we don't look at Scripture alone as Methodists. We look at Scripture in its historical context, in its cultural milieu. We balance that with reason, tradition, experience. What does our reason tell us? You know, there's some people outside of the church who look at Christians and think that we're all anti-science. Methodists at our best, we embrace the best of scientific knowledge and wisdom as we interpret the scriptures. At our best, we look at the tradition of our United Methodist history and the tradition of the church and different expressions of Christianity as we interpret the scriptures. At our best, we look at our own personal experience of what makes sense, what is true, what is true in our experience, and balance that with our interpretation of Scripture. Do you see the holistic understanding of how to engage the holy texts? I believe that God has something to say in and through the Scriptures. And we have some wonderful resources to use, to utilize, as we interpret the Scriptures in moving forward as a church, in moving forward as people who are trying to follow Jesus, in moving forward in a compassionate way as people of the text. And so today's text of Jesus in the desert for 40 days, 
during which the devil tempted him. It wasn't just at the end. It was throughout those 40 days, if you look at the scripture. 40 days is code in biblical language for a long time. The devil says to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, then turn these stones into bread. And Jesus says, the scripture also says that one does not live by bread alone. Do you see them having this little scripture fight? Whose scripture is more important than whose scripture? The devil shows Jesus all of the wealth and power in the world and says, if you worship me, this is all yours. Jesus says, the scripture says, worship the Lord your God and worship only God. The devil takes Jesus up onto the pinnacle of the temple and says, throw yourself down. The scripture says, the angels would care for you and not let your foot be dashed against the stone. And Jesus counters by saying, the scripture says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Certainly Jesus and we who are followers of Jesus, Jesus is pointing to the fact that we need to resist that which the world values. Personal satisfaction, gratification, power, wealth, doing fantastic things so that people will say good things about us. It's okay, but it's really not going to help us. But what the early church understood this passage to mean is to say, keep looking at Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the one. And the devil tries to get Jesus to question that. And to get Jesus to question his true identity. as the Christ, the Beloved One. The voice of Jesus' baptism, which was the last thing Jesus heard before he entered those 40 days in the wilderness, that voice shaped him. And that voice can shape us too. But so often, we lose our ability to hear the voice that calls us the beloved. You know, on Tuesday this week, something sacred happened at our Shrove Tuesday Pancake Supper. We had delicious food. Youth, thank you. Well done. It was a great meal. Karen shared with us this week that we raised more money than I think we've ever raised for Rise at the Shrove Tuesday Pancake Supper. Thank you for those of you who came and were very generous. Thank you. We passed out pieces of palm leaves from last year's Palm Sunday. 
and we were invited to write down on those palm leaves names we were called that were mean, that were not true, that were hurtful, and that in our young minds we took those names on for some reason. They were mean names like Fatso, Four Eyes, Wimp, Gay, Idiot. You know the names that I'm referring to. And we wrote those names down as a ritual of practicing to let that go. And we took those palm leaves outside of the kitchen as we sang, as Lucas preceded us holding the cross. We walked out, formed a circle, and burned those palm leaves to make ashes, which we used on Wednesday. And then in a very tender exchange, we were each given a shrove from the German word schreiben, shriven, Old English, which was something that was written on Shrove Tuesday to penitent people and the priest or pastor would give them a shrove, reassuring them of God's love. And those words that we got said, you are accepted, you are forgiven, you are beloved. And those words are words that may counterbalance the negative and mean-spirited names that we, for some reason, took on to ourselves. Now, I know we were not all there on Tuesday, but I'm telling this story because we all have to give that stuff up sooner or later. Do you want to give something up for Lent? Give up those old names that we were called that are not who we are. And every time we think of that that brings us into a negative self-image or a place of guilt or a place of shame, let it go for Lent. And say, God, here it is again. Remind me that I'm the beloved of God. Because that's our true identity. And the temptation is always to take on our false identity. On Tuesday night we sang, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. And then we sang, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. And then we did something really risky and very difficult. We sang, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on them. The people who called us those things. The people who, for some reason, created doubt in us. 
and we prayed for them, which is really taking our power back. However you spend these 40 days in Lent, I invite you to a deep and intentional prayer life. Take this as a new opportunity to start again. To pray however it is that you pray. I want to give you a, a resource that may be helpful. You'll notice we have two baskets up here on the altar. Filled with about six different prayers that might be a good prayer for you. I don't know. But I'm going to invite you at the end of the service to reach out with your spiritual antenna, trusting that whatever you pick up from this basket may be God's way of saying, this is your prayer. Please pray it every day or as often as you wish. I'll read to you what might be a prayer that you pick up today. And by the way, these are all geared towards today. And tomorrow when you pray it, it will be for today. Because sometimes I get the sense that 40 days is just too daunting. As my friends in 12-step programs know, take it one day at a time. Each day, this prayer may be good. And if this prayer is really not your prayer, come back and get another one. It might be, God, draw me ever closer to you today. It might be, God, make me a channel of your peace today. It might be, God, flow through me today with your Holy Spirit. Or perhaps the prayer that you pick up might be, God, use me today as your beloved daughter beloved son. God, keep me in the flow of your love today. God, help me to represent the Christ today. Whatever the prayer is, it may be something that helps us Stay grounded and focused in who we really are. Through our baptism and through the grace of Christ, beloved sons, beloved daughters. Amen.